Good morning. Welcome to Edgeboro Moravian Church this morning, where we are a community dedicated to loving God, growing in Christ, and sharing the Holy Spirit with those around us. It is good to see you all here in worship this morning on the second Sunday in Advent, which is really the first Sunday in Advent we haven't had any inclement weather to deal with, which is a wonderful thing that we are all here in one piece on this beautiful morning. Uh, let us stand as we begin our worship this morning, as we sing together, Rejoice, Rejoice, the Kingdom Comes, number 260 in your hymnals. season of hope, peace, joy, and love, uh, we call upon our confirmands to lead us through that. And so I will invite forward uh, uh, Cameron Hoff, uh, Ben Cortad, and Ross Groner. There he is back there. As they come forward, I invite you to find the inserts in your bulletin as they will lead us through our opening prayers for our Advent candle.
our worship this morning. We will now focus on what is happening in the life of this congregation right now. Uh, a few things that I would like to highlight first. And first off, a huge thanks to our Edgeboro Ensemble, who is joining us today after a few weeks of practice and leading us through our music today. So thank you all for your hard work in, uh, in preparing for today. Also, today is the last Sunday to purchase uh, poinsettias, so please see the uh, insert in your bulletin. You can place those forms in the offering plate as they go by. Uh, if you have a Christmas gift for Northeast Community Center, as many people have been doing already, and thank you for those that have, uh, if you have those gifts uh, ready for NECC, you can... Uh, uh, put those gifts in the parlor along with a tag that you received as well, keeping all of those gifts together for that individual. Uh, those gifts will be due by next Sunday and they'll be delivered to Northeast on Monday. Uh, speaking of them, we are also still collecting hats, gloves, and mittens, uh, so please uh, bring them by next Sunday as well. If you do uh, buy some new hats or mittens or something like that, you can bring them to the church. You can put them downstairs in the usual spot, the Christmas tree, right next to the Fellowship Hall stage. Uh, two other things. Uh, later today at 1.30, middle schoolers and high schoolers, you are invited to uh, come here and gather with other youth from other local churches uh, for a Christmas party, including a viewing of the puts. And later on, we'll have some snacks and cards to make and things like that. Uh, so looking forward to that this afternoon at 1.30. And then next Sunday, uh, we will have our, our Sunday school children here, along with the help of the choir for our musicale and pageant Sunday. We hope you can join us for that as we retell the story of Christ's birth. Are there any other announcements or events that, uh, that you would like to be made known right now? Oh my. Yeah, Shannon. Christmas room will be open after church today, so please stop by downstairs. Anything, anything else at this time? Uh, one thing to prepare for, uh, the Unity Prayer Watch is coming back around again to Edgeboro. Uh, for the last, uh, this is a, a centuries-old tradition in the Moravian Church, where Moravians have taken shifts over a long period of time uh, to pray for the world, and so it has come upon us to do that once again here at Edgeboro, and it's also just good to know that there is a Moravian praying for you around the clock every single day, and now we get a part to be, or we get a chance to be a part of that. So this clipboard is going around with uh, with 30-minute time slots, if you would, uh, and, and throughout the entire day from very, very early in the morning 
until, uh, until it looks like midnight. So uh, this will be for Monday, December 16th. This clipboard will be going around. If you need uh, anything, any, any sort of prayer prompting, if you need any sort of guidance in your prayers, there's a packet behind here. Please feel free to take one. So I will start this uh, clipboard over here and please pass that around. And hopefully we can fill all of our slots. If, if for some reason all the slots are filled by the time it gets to over here or something like that, you can double up on a slot. I mean, the more the merrier when it comes to prayer, right? So, uh, so Unity Prayer Watch, uh, Monday, December 16th. So we hope you can join in on the many different things that are going on here, especially in this Advent season. We continue our worship now with our liturgy for Advent, our second liturgy for Advent. We did, we did the first one last week. We will do the second one today. And so if you would please join me on page 54 in your books of worship, we will pray our liturgy for Advent. God. This Advent season serves a longing to have Christ come alive within us. Yet we allow ourselves to become enslaved to cynicism, selfishness, and greed. In this 
people, says your God. Speak tenderly to them and proclaim that they have suffered long enough, that their penalty is paid and their sins are forgiven. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all. Christ Jesus gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify the people of his own. Thanks be to God.
to shine as light in this dark world of sin. in love for one another and for all. children, I would now invite the children forward for our children's message. So come on up to our usual spot. Come on down. Just come this way. This morning. <laughs> oh, we 
got more. Come on out. There's plenty of room. All right. How are you all this morning? Good? Good. So I have a question for you. Do you guys have to do any chores at home? Do you sometimes have to help clean the house? Yeah. Uh-huh. What are some of the chores that you do at home? What are some of the things that you do to help clean? Put the dishes away. Yep, that was my job when I was younger, when I was with mom and dad. What else? Oh, clean the dishes. You actually had to wash the dishes, and you just put them away. So we have a good team right here, cleaning <laughs> dishes. Or, yeah, you're cleaner. You're putting them away. What else? Cleaning your room. Yeah, those are big ones, too. Let's see. When I lived with my parents, I had to do some of those things. And then I had to do stuff like take out the garbage and vacuum when I was a little bit older. You don't do that. So maybe when you're older, there's still time, trust me. There's still time. So when do you do those things? Do you kind of do them all the time? Yeah. All the time, right. Sometimes when we clean, we're expecting somebody to come over, like a guest, maybe a family member or somebody else. So I remember that I had to clean a whole lot when I was at home, when somebody would come over. And if somebody really important was coming over, we had to clean really, really good, okay? We had to get the house ready for someone to come over. So there is a Bible story where there is a person that says, guess what? You guys better get ready because someone really important is coming. And that someone is Jesus. And the person that was saying that, well, his name is John. Well, you'll hear from him in a little bit when we read our scripture right after this. But John said, get ready because Jesus is coming. But he didn't really mean clean your house. He meant to get your heart ready. Get your heart ready for Jesus. What do you think that means? Do you have any guesses? What do you think that means? When we get our house ready, we get, we get everything clean and presentable and stuff like that. But when we get our hearts ready, that means we have to be ready to do nice things for other people, to be kind, to just be good people and do what that takes, to help others, right, when they need it, when they ask for it, to maybe to help before you were even asked in the first place. So we have to be ready to be good people. So when Jesus comes, we can do what he calls us to do. So to help us get ready, let's pray. That's the first thing that we'll do is pray. And we're going to pray to Jesus so that he can help us get our hearts ready too. So will you pray with me? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we give you thanks that you are with us and that you always come back to us to see us. Help us not only to get our houses ready for you, but to get our hearts ready for you as well, so that we can go out and love other people and be a kind person and a good friend to those who need it. Help us, we pray in your name. Amen. All right. Thank you all for coming up. It was good to see you all. Uh, yeah, you can stand up and go back to your seats now. I thought you were going to do that as I was saying that. <laughs> Good to see you all, and uh, get your hearts ready.
this time we'll hear uh, our scripture reading today from the Gospel of Matthew. And we'll hear from that John guy who talks about getting your hearts ready. Reading from Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all of Judea were going out to him, and all the region along the Jordan. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming from the baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The sense of reading of God's word. Thank you, Rita. So I hope you heard there were a few uh, a few references to trees and fruit in there. Because that's what I picked up on when I read this passage for this week. And so I want to start off by sharing a Moravian story. Uh, one that I might have told before, but maybe not. But one that especially bears repeating because it's a story that connects well with that theme of trees and fruit, uh, which uh, Rita read for us. Uh, plus, this story doesn't get told very often, and I think it's a really good one. So the story takes place a few years before Bethlehem was founded. In er, Bethlehem was founded in 1741. This took place in 1737. So at the time, a Moravian uh, German missionary named George Schmidt went to a place called Gnandal in South Africa. He was there for a total of seven years, and during that time, he began a school uh, in, which helped then build a small Moravian community around it. And so in that community was a woman named Magdalena, and she wanted to be baptized. And so Schmidt went and baptized her. But according to Dutch authorities that were there in South Africa at the time, Schmidt did not have the credentials to baptize anyone. So very unexpectedly, after seven years, they said, you got to go. And so he left, he was forced to leave, and he was never able to return to South Africa. Devastated by this news, the Moravian community declined without their leader. 
fast forward 50 years after Schmidt had died, uh, Moravians from Germany were finally able to return to South Africa, expecting to find no trace of Moravians and Schmidt's earlier work. So they were shocked to find that there were still Moravians there after 50 years. Because after being baptized, Magdalena had been holding worship services and classes there the entire time. They met underneath a pear tree that Schmidt had planted well before he had left, so that each time they were there and each, uh, and each time they ate the fruit from that tree, they were reminded of him. And so it turned out that just as that pear tree grew, so did the Moravians in South Africa. And now there are about 100,000 Moravians in South Africa today, well over twice as many as there are here in North America. This particular tree, this pear tree, became a sign of life and a sign of hope. But it's not the only tree that symbolizes something like that. At this time of year, we don't need to look outside even to see a tree that symbolizes that. Our own Christmas trees symbolize that. Some of the ornaments it holds can represent the relationships that we have or have had with others as we think about who gave those ornaments to us as we hang them up. Uh, some of them might represent a different time in your life depending on when you received them. But even the tree itself is symbolic. The tradition of bringing evergreen plants inside during the winter season dates back hundreds and hundreds of years. And it was, the purpose of that was to give a hopeful reminder of the evergreen and the life that that tree still had, which was a very important reminder to keep in mind to make sure that you would hang on to hope during a very tough winter season. And at that time, winter was something that could have easily taken the lives of many. So the Christmas tree was, and still is a symbol of hope, even though we, we are pretty confident that winter will not uh, make us perish. But in the Old Testament, there are many other trees that are hopeful trees as well. Not only were they a sign of hope and life, but they were also something that, that you were encouraged to be. In Psalm 1 and then Jeremiah 17, it says that those who delight in the law of the Lord, those who meditate on God's word, those who trust in God, are like trees planted by, uh, planted by water, yielding much fruit, planted firmly, rooted deeply in the ground, and never withering. So we were encouraged to be trees in the Old Testament. There are so many great trees that symbolize hope and life, strong trees that we're supposed to be like. Unfortunately, we don't always feel strong. We don't always feel like how we're supposed to when we think of a great, firmly rooted tree, strong and prospering. What if instead we feel more like we're withering away? What if instead we feel a little bit weak? What if instead we feel like stumps instead of trees? Because we've all been there before, maybe in one aspect of life or another. We haven't accomplished as much as we had hoped. Maybe we're having trouble with our relationships or caring for ourselves or caring for others. Maybe we're having a hard time moving on from a recent failure or a broken relationship or the loss of a loved one. 
Maybe we can't find a direction or a purpose at this stage in our lives. Maybe we're just too stressed, and it always feels like we're battling uphill. So instead of a great, firmly rooted tree, what if in some aspects or all aspects in our lives, what if we feel weak, inadequate, burnt out, lost? What if we feel stumped instead? Because this is how the people of Israel once felt. They once enjoyed a time of kings, but now their kingdom has been crushed by empire after empire. And their line of chosen leaders, their kings, also known as their messiahs, is now completely gone and wiped out. If we would think of their line of kings as a family tree, well, that tree would have been cut down by many different empires. So the people of Israel were left to wonder what to do next without a leader. Our scripture passage references Isaiah, but in a different part of Isaiah, one that is often read at this time of year, but we didn't read it this morning, Isaiah references the destruction of this family tree of kings. Isaiah calls it the stump of Jesse. Jesse being the father of the most well-known king of Israel, King David. So in other words, Isaiah is saying that the Israelites are stuck. Their line of kings is dead. They don't have a leader, and they will not move forward. And out of this difficult situation, out of this death and disappointment, out of this stump came life. Because Isaiah then goes on to say, a shoot would grow from this stump. A chosen one would rise up to lead with righteousness and justice and bring peace to all beings. And as Christians today, we know this shoot to be Jesus, who came and brought new life to all of the stumped people that he met, most especially people like the blind, the poor, the hungry, the prisoner, and many others that he came across. And this is why John the Baptist's message about trees and bearing fruit still rings true for us today. Be a tree that bears fruit worthy of repentance. Bear good fruit. Bear the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Because... Christ does not turn rocks into his followers so they can have more followers, or in the words of John the Baptist anyway. He doesn't make more followers. He chooses us to be trees to bear this fruit. He chooses us even if we're stumped. Because we can live with hope, knowing that Christ has overcome death and made growth happen from a stump before. And because he did it before, he can do it again. He is with us to see that this happens. So we can take heart knowing that someday, out of whatever aspect of our life that we are, might be stumped in now, someday we can see new growth. We can see healing and new life in ourselves and our calling to live as loving and fruit-bearing people will never go away. So from Christmas trees, to pear trees, to firmly rooted trees by water, 
These are all signs of life, hope, and strength. But thanks be to God, who came to us in person on Christmas, to be with us all of our days, to give us purpose and motivation, to redeem us from our pain and darkness, so that we will know hope, peace, joy, and love personally, and know that they will always prevail. So thanks be to Christ that a stump, a symbol of death and limitation, thanks be to Christ that a symbol like a stump can be transformed to be a sign of life for us all. As we think about the fruit that we are all called to bear, let us now give of the fruits of our own labor in this time of reflection, of music, and this time of offering.
journey of Advent with the resolve to live lives that, that more closely resemble the hope you have for us. May all that we dedicate here empower us and others to, charge, to change direction and set our sights on a closer walk with your Son, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. We come uh, continue our prayers with our own prayer joys and concerns. Uh, we first we lift up prayers for uh, Paul Sawamba. Uh, over the last few days, uh, beginning on Tuesday, he had experienced some pain in his left foot. Not quite sure what caused that, and so after a few doctor's appointments, uh, well, things still aren't quite solved. He has a few new medications, but uh, we'll continue to pray for Paul at this time, uh, especially since classes are now done and exam week is here, and he's trying to manage and balance all of that, so we'll certainly keep Paul in our prayers. Uh, speaking of the final week of the semester, many different uh, colleges and universities are are going through that right now, and so we'll certainly pray for uh, our college students and our professors at this time as uh, they finish up another school, uh, another semester. Uh, we keep in our prayers uh, Anita Fizekas. Glad you are back in the choir this morning uh, after some uh, some back pain and, uh, and a difficult week over the last week or so. But we're glad that you are here and managing a, a church pew quite well. <laughs> well, we're glad that you are here this morning in the choir. Uh, we'll also keep our fellow uh, choir member, uh, Sharon Bond, in our prayers. Uh, she visited the uh, emergency room on Wednesday with what they thought was dehydration. Uh, it turns out a few days later she found out that her hemoglobin levels in her blood were very low. Uh, causing her body temperature to be irregular and many other things among that. She is still dealing with that now and is at home. Uh, so please keep sharing in your prayers going forward. Are there any other prayer joys or concerns that we might lift up for you this week? How might this congregation pray for you today? Yes, Lisa. My dear friend, Aunt Camille, was suddenly diagnosed with bladder cancer and has been scheduled for surgery tomorrow, and she reached out to ask So we'll keep Anne Camille. We'll keep Anne Camille in our prayers upon her upcoming surgery. Scott. Jessica is not here today because she's helping an at-risk child in our uh, young lady give uh, birth. So she's uh, in the hospital right now. Absolutely. So we'll keep Jessica in our prayers. Uh, as, as well as the, uh, the mother-to-be at this time, as they're in the hospital now. Others? Yeah, Laura.
So we'll keep your uh, brother and sister-in-law uh, in our prayers at this time, expecting children, but not quite this early. And so we'll certainly keep them in our prayers. Oops. Yes, Jesse. We are grateful that you are back there somewhere <laughs> as well at this time. But we'll certainly keep you in our prayers, Kelly. Others, Helene. So we'll keep Karen in our prayers as she recovers from her surgery. certainly keep that family in our thoughts and prayers during this very difficult time. Okay. in the midst of both of your health difficulties at this time. certainly keep Alexa in our prayers during her difficult times, physically and mentally, and her difficulties as well. Joe. Thank you, Joe, for sharing that. With all of our prayers. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah.
Absolutely. We'll certainly keep Caden, his loved ones, and family in our thoughts and prayers. And Spencer. And yeah, and yeah. And with our joys and with our heavy concerns, let us come to our God in prayer. Holy God, we come to you today in this season of Advent, in the midst of our joys and our concerns. Lord, we give you thanks for the gift that it is to have a community such as this, uh, to not only share our joys and concerns with others, but to ce celebrate and be with uh, the joys and concerns of those that are around us as well. We thank you for uh, the gifts of joy and new opportunities and, uh, and many other things in which we celebrate. We thank you for the opportunity to celebrate with one another. We thank you for being with us in the times in which we find very difficult, times in which we are stuck or lost or stumped or are grieving. Lord, we ask that you be with many, all the individuals in this room that, that, have, uh, that have been mentioned in prayer. May you be with them to guide them, strengthen them, and comfort them in a time in which they may not know why something is happening, in a time where, where they might feel as though you, as well as your love and hope, are very far off. Lord, as people of faith, may we hold on to our faith. May we hold on to hope in dark times. And in this season of Advent, Lord, we give you thanks that you are the one that brings us light into our world. And may we share your light, your fruit, your good news with others around the world in joyful times and in difficult times. Lord, be with us all in our new beginnings, perhaps as other chapters come to a close or anywhere in between. Be with us now, we pray. And Lord, as we have heard many different prayers in this room, we have trusted that you have heard each and every one of them and are with those people and hold on to them dearly. And yet there are many other prayers on our minds that have not been spoken in this room today. So Lord, hear us now as we lift up the prayers of our hearts to you in this moment of silence. Thank you, gracious Lord, for your listening ear, for your peace, and for your hope. Bless us, your children, here and around the world, we pray in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.
For with those prayer joys and concerns in mind, with all the, the gifts and talents and people that have been brought here, uh, let us continue to prepare our hearts as we are sent from this place. And so to begin that, let us stand and sing together, Hail to the Lord Anointed, number 263, as we welcome our King back into our lives. 